and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. I'd like to start off this morning as we read this passage of Scripture. This is one of my favorite uh, books in the Bible, in the New Testament specifically. And this has really inspired me as a young believer, um, knowing that it's more than just a talk, but Christianity is really packed with action. Being as a student when I was 18 years old and I received the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, what, a, what an encouragement to know that there's such a thing as the book of Acts. Yes. Acts of the Apostles, some says, is the Acts of the Holy Spirit during the start of the planting of uh, the birthing of the church. And today we're going to look at the first chapter and we're going to look at that part that basically summarizes the entire book in that one verse. And then we're going to read the remaining ones, verse 8. And then from 9 to 11, we're going to look at that topic that is seldom talked about amongst Christians. You know, we, we, we get to be very um, uh, celebrative of Christmas, of uh, the Holy Week, uh, where we become sober that week, and then we celebrate again during Easter that Sunday. And these are some of the famous holidays in Christendom, but seldom that you would hear people talk about the Ascension. We're going to look at that right now. And here it is in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold... Two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord for us today. We're going to look at threefold truth surrounding Christ's ascension. And I'd like to read that because I want to have a proper context before we uh, inject or put into it some under implications of what ascension is all about. And, and so the first uh, part of the, the first fold or part of that truth that I would like to talk about of ascension is that the transition. Let's talk about the transition. The Father's promise shows the church's word-based direction. I want to Explain that even further. Look at verse 1, and it says, In the first book of Cheophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, 
For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, this is, a, a, this, is a, uh, this is Dr. Luke giving a picture of what the Father had promised to the disciples and how the disciples heard Jesus through his sermons that there will be this baptism different from the baptism of John, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was something different to them. Well, to some probably they were familiar about baptism of the Holy Spirit or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, hearing from Numbers in the Old Testament in chapter 11 of Numbers. It talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to the chosen few. But here we see a transition, not only that this is just for the chosen few, but this will be at this time for all the believers. And not only that that thing will be experienced, but I want you to know that the part of this transition is all of, of the direction of Dr. Luke's gospel. In the gospel of Luke, when he wrote it, the movement geographically of the disciples is, is going towards Jerusalem. And we all know that in Jerusalem was the pinnacle in the last few chapters of Luke where Jesus the Passion Week was, uh, was uh, <coughs> he became a, a, a lamb for us who died on the cross in Jerusalem. But before that, you could see the movement uh, at the start of this passage of, of this gospel. It is geographically going, geographically going towards Jerusalem. But this time in Acts, we see these prophetic uh, uh Outpouring in the Holy Spirit will be happening first in Jerusalem. And if you read the entire book of Acts, this time it's more of not moving in, but this time moving out. What a transition uh, that we're going to be seeing in this passage of the scripture. But one thing is for sure, all of the prophetic uh, words spoken in the Old Testament is now going to be fulfilled right here in this passage in, chap in, in, in Acts, uh, especially in chapter 1, chapter 2, we would see the movement of God coming from Jerusalem. Now, having said that, once again, we see in this uh, uh, threefold truth surrounding Christ's ascension that this is actually the, the promise from the Father being given to the disciples, and that promise is something to do with the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to talk more about that as we move along uh, the next uh, episode um, of this uh, presentation you're hearing right now. And so, it is very crucial then that this transition not only is explaining uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit from the chosen few to, the, to all the believers, the geographical uh, significance of going in Jerusalem and going out of Jerusalem, but I want you to see now the transition in relationships, specifically highlighted in chapter 1. That before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there seemed to be an alignment that needed to happen. And that it has something to do with their relationship. Remember, they have lost Judas through a suicide. He committed suicide. And now it's no longer 12, but 11. 
And in chapter 1, they found a time together while they were at the upper room to replace him, this time by the name of Matthias. They had two choices, but Matthias got the position, and now they've strengthened their relationship. There are 12 of them, including the rest of the 70 disciples, plus the relatives and the family of Jesus, gathered together, 120 of them. When they have become relationally strong, chapter 2 came to pass. I'm going to talk more about that as we move along. But the point is, there's so much transition here. But what is in most, what's, what's most important is the promise of the Father being fulfilled right before their eyes. The second part of this truth that I'd like us to see is the commission. This verse, the commission, the Holy Spirit's power signals the church's gospel proclamation. And, and so when they had, verse 6, when they had... Uh, come together, they asked him, Lord, will this at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now we see here, they were debating. They had a sincere question. But Jesus has to change their mindset. What was their question about? Their question has something to do with timing. When is the kingdom of God will be restored? Remember, the disciples were expecting for the Messiah to come and, 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 and rescue them from the clutches of the Roman Empire. But once at the tail end, they're still asking a wrong question. Have you been to a conversation where people are asking the wrong question? This is one of them. Jesus says, look, guys, listen. This has become a discipleship moment for Jesus. He said, it is not about time or seasons, but it's about the tasks. And what is the, the tasks? The discipleship of the nations, the preaching of the gospel, the good news that you have heard ought to be not be heard alone in Jerusalem, but there should be a movement coming out from here to the rest of the world. That's the commission. And so right after that, then, we see the ascension. So we have the transition. We have the commission. Now let's talk about the ascension, which is the main bulk of our topic today. The ascension, the son's plan to return, steers up the church's united intercession. intercession. And so the, the, the son's plan to return steers up the church's united intercession. I'm talking about return now, but let me, let me explain that further. Verse 9, and it says, and we read it, and we're going to read it again. And when he had said these things, the commission, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, he, he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the heaven? This Jesus whom was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him into heaven. Doc, uh, the, uh, the, the two men were trying to explain and juxtapose ascension and, and, and um, uh, the ascension and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The eschatological implication had been spoken even right, right here at the onset because, because he came first that's why we celebrate Christmas through the gospel 
And we see that through the gospel as we celebrate Christmas. But he, this time, there was a transition of him going up to heaven. And from there, they saw with their own eyes Jesus going back to heaven. And it's an implication of something. And that is that Jesus, remember in the Old Testament, they would go sacrifice animals. And then the priest would receive the sacrifice. And if the sacrifice had been done orderly, that would be pleasing to the Lord. Guess what? The father has sent his son, and his son was sacrificed. Now, then the, the son says, in, on, on one of his seven last words, it is finished. He had done his job. His life had been sacrificed for man's sin, and now will be forgiven of our sins and will be given the gift of eternal life. But I want you to know that it has come full circle when the gift, the sacrifice of his life, was offered to the Father, and he has to go to heaven in ascension, implying that he truly had become our high priest as well, that he was not just the sacrifice, but he became our high priests who have offered himself. Now that sacrifice had been received in heaven through his ascension. That is one of the implications of the ascension. His ascension is going into, to summarize it, is going into heaven through ascension and, 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 and became our high priests. But in that position, remember, he went into that position. Then in that position, he had become our intercessor. He had become our, not just a high priest, but even our defense lawyer, our advocate, our intercessor. Being in that position. I, I don't know if you remember when Stephen was preaching the gospel. And one thing he saw was Jesus was standing on the throne and cheering for him. And when he said it, it became like blasphemous in the eyes, in the hearing of the, of the priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees. So he was, he was stoned to death, if you remember that. But Jesus is went into, he went into that position, and he is in that position at this moment. And guess what? And from that position, he sent, from that position, he sent the Holy Spirit during the day of Pentecost. That's going to be the second chapter. From that position, not only that he has, out, uh, that he has sent the Holy Spirit to the Pentecost, but someday from that position, he will come back again for the second time. That's why ascension is important. And so we see in this passage of the scriptures, we conclude today, and we have seen the transition, we have seen the commission, but here the ascension, we see the implication of it. That's why from that position now, he says, it'd be, it'd be good for me to leave you because I'm going to the Father and I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit. And when he sends the Holy Spirit, guess what? It will not just be the, for the chosen few this time, but for you and I who received the Lord Jesus Christ and have responded to the gospel, will be empowered to, to preach the gospel to the rest of the world. And so I say this as we end, because the, Christ has completed the work of salvation in the first coming, let us continue to proclaim the gospel to all the world 
until He comes again. Let that be our encouragement this morning. I know that you will save me when I call upon your name. No harm will overtake me because you overcame. Oh God, you are my refuge. I rest beneath your wings. I'm safe in the shelter of my King. I know that you We are grateful this morning that Jesus has completed His job of saving mankind from, from the predicament of sin. Now we have a relationship with our Father in heaven, and we're so grateful to the point that we want the world to know while we're waiting for Him to come back again. And so I would like to pray and lead us in prayer right now. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to hear the word preached once again and understand the significance of why you have to go to heaven after, after finishing what you have done on that cross. Lord, it's, it has come full circle, offering to the Father that the sacrifice was well received by our Father in heaven. And because of that, Lord God, we can have the confidence that before we even move out, the same Jesus who have gone into heaven is the same Jesus who will send the Holy Spirit so that we can all be empowered to do what you've called us to do. We're grateful for that, Lord, and we're looking forward for what you're about to do from this, from this day on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.